The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome back, Do Joy Sweet Peas. I hope you are having a beautiful summertime day and loving on your sweet self like crazy. I love you, as always, and I'm so excited to be together with you today because we have a really special guest to get juicy with. Diane Ray is a radio professional with over 30 years of radio and podcasting experience. After a few impressive gigs with some big-time radio stations, she landed a dream-come-true position that combined her lifelong interest in spirituality and metaphysics with broadcasting and digital media when she joined Hay House Publishing, working for Louise Hay as network manager and producer of Hay House Radio. She had the opportunity there to work with and interview legendary new thought and spiritual leaders like Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Carolyn Mace, Greg Braden, so many more. She helped grow that network to over 2 million visitors a year. And after that, she became director of programming for Unity Online Radio and then moved on to co-launch MindBodySpirit.fm, the platform that this podcast is hosted on. I am so grateful that early in the launch of this platform, Diane extended the invitation for me to do this because as y'all can probably tell, I kind of love doing it. And it wasn't even something on my radar until Diane's invitation. So I am just blessed and thankful for you every day, my darling friend. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Lisa. That's such a great intro. (laughs) I hope I can live up to it. (laughs) (laughs) I pull bits of it from your standard, but I always ad lib a little bit. Yeah, I just think of you as someone with so much knowledge, who's had so many fascinating conversations with brilliant thought leaders of our time. I just feel like I want to ask you about all the topics that are top of mind for me, because I know you'll have these amazing insights to share. And of course, you can feel free to pull in insights that you've gleaned from any of the many visionaries that you've encountered in your journey. I've been so lucky that I've been able to work with so many great people and and teachers like you. And um, yeah, you were thankfully one of the early believers in mindbodyspirit.fm, our podcast network that we've launched. And we've managed to gather together some great teachers um, on our platform and and looking forward to more continued growth with that as well. So that's really exciting. Um, Yeah, it's been quite the ride, you know, from 
uh, DJ, uh, rock DJ back in the day. And you're, you're in my home state of Florida. I know we, we've talked about that a little bit before. So you're probably familiar with some of the stations that I worked at back then, um, like Big 106 and Y100. Uh, that was actually my first radio job at Y100 answering the request lines. I was like 19 years old. So like looking back, like the whole trajectory um, yeah, it's, if you would have told me then, like as as a rock DJ, that I'd be talking to you know people that talk to dead people and you know spiritual teachers like Dr. Wayne Dyer, I would have said what you, you know it's crazy, but <laughs> things things can happen, <laughs> and they do. And you are the magnet that makes this happen. I mean, you along your whole journey, I'm sure, have just planted these little seeds in so many hearts that when you said I want to do this thing, I imagine it was just like whoosh, just like all the pieces just come together. And and I know that you have had some spectacular opportunities and maybe we just ought to get some name dropping out of the way right off the bat. Right. <laughs> might not sure, be the most could. spiritual way to begin our conversation, but I know that I just scratched the surface in your intro and we make a big deal about bragging in Joy School. It's a good idea to get comfortable with bragging on our sweet selves. What are, what are some of your biggies? <laughs> I love that. Get comfortable with bragging because we do kind of dim our light oh. a lot of times, right? And yeah. and I, I'm sure I'm just as guilty as, as everybody else. Uh, maybe more so uh, us gals, you know, we don't, girls, we're always told, you know, don't do that or be humble, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, there's been some some successes i mean this this project with mindbodyspirit.fm is is super scary and exciting and you know starting uh, starting a business you know with a business partner there's all kinds of new and uh different challenges that i've never had before you know but i've learned so much over the years from so many great teachers that i i always try to look back and and especially and i have to mention louise hay you know as as a big inspiration you know, and I think to myself, sometimes I'm overwhelmed, like, how did Louise, you know, like people have the bracelets, WWJD, you know, I think, what would Louise do? <laughs> you know, what would, what did she do? And, and I asked her a couple of times, like, how did you do it, you know, to start a company in your 60s, when so often women, uh, well, every, a lot of people are told, oh, you know, you're too old to do something new. So I, I do think about her a lot, you know, when things get crazy or if I feel overwhelmed, how did she do it? You know, <laughs> so it, it's, it's interesting. But when I did ask her that question, how did you do it? Her main answer was, you know, I answered the phone and opened the mail, kind of chop wood, carry water, just keep your head down and do the work and every day do your tasks. And then every day you get a little bit closer and that's kind of how it's been working. Like, with this network, you know, I started just asking a couple of people like like yourself, you know, early on, hey, we're building this. Do you want to come along for the ride and just chipping away at it little by little? And I'm happy to say, hopefully by the end of the summer that we'll have, you know, closer to 50 people on the network and then more and more. So she was right, you know, just kind of do do your little bit every day and keep believing in what you're doing and things will start to happen. People will come your way and uh, I guess that's all, you know, part of the law of attraction thing, right? Absolutely. I love that chapwood carry water. We say that all the time and it's so true. And I love that the cheap, like humble little Louise would say that, you know, <laughs> that that's all it takes. Ah, it takes a little magic too. But yeah, you, you and Louise know how to wield that magic. So that's where the law of attraction comes in. 
Well, I watched her and, and listened and, and I got to listen to a lot of great people and uh, definitely Dr. Wayne Dyer was another huge influence and I was lucky enough to work with him for uh, about eight years. And so every Monday I got to just kind of sit and listen when he would do his radio show. And I just listened to everything he would tell everybody else. So it was kind of like I'd get a little master class every Monday with, with this great advice. And and even today, I still get random emails from people that that listen to those old shows and listen to what he said, you know, a lot of the advice. So I, I do take a, a lot of that to heart and, you know, things he would say, don't die with your music still in you and, you know, uh, how he was he was so spirit centered, just so many great tidbits from him. He was and he of, was a, such a funny guy. So since we're name dropping a little bit, I'll, you know, yeah, you I'll share share a little some funny Wayne stories. Yeah. Like people may not think that he was very funny. I mean, he would show some humor during his talks, but sometimes he'd have like you know little salty jokes or he had kind of a funny sense of humor like that. And he definitely you know loved his kids and his family. It was just and was just such a loving guy. He was great. He was one of my biggest early influences as well. And I, I think I heard him say this many, many times, so I'm sure he would not mind us sharing this, but he used to open the, the Hey House I Can Do It's with um, how he, he tries to have sex every day. Right. He's, he's saying this as a prescriptive, like, yeah, I try to have sex every day. I try on Monday. I try on Tuesday. I try. And it was always just like his little opener. We started saying it with him because we heard him like open with that joke so many times. Yeah. Yes. On the events. I think that's attributed to Jack LaLanne. Who Is it? Lived into his 90s. So, you know, he was on, he was on to something, but yeah, he would try to throw in, you know, little jokes like that. And, and he was very, he was very generous. Like during the show, sometimes someone would call in and I remember a couple of times he would have an event, you know, he did a lot of things in Maui where he lived. And if someone couldn't get there and he really felt they deserved it, he would say, Hey, you know, I'm going to send that person some money and he would pay for them to come, you know, to the events. Um, yeah, he would he would do things like that just on the fly, and he had he, so many. He was great. He was great that, that way. That he would discover, and he would always say, "Like I was walking on the beach, and you know, the weirdest thing, I met this person who was writing a book." And we'd all be like, "Everybody knows the beach to go walk on in Maui if they want to be discovered by me." Right? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you'd be lucky, and and he would. And I'm sure, and he would he would talk to you, but I would just get such a kick out of. You know, on Mondays we would connect and then I'd say, so Wayne, you know, what, what did you do earlier? Oh, I was swimming with the turtles. Then I went for a walk on the beach and then I would meditate. You know, he just he seemed to have this idyllic experience, you know, that every day he would just wake up and do all these great things he loved. And and he did love to do the radio show. And, and I always appreciated that because he was a big supporter of what we were trying to do. And, and he really loved having that tool to be able to reach people. And actually like the week, a week even before he passed, he had been in California and he was staying at La Costa and he wanted me to pick him up at La Costa to come to the Hay House building to do his show. And he didn't have to do his show. You know, he could have just said run a replay or whatever, but no, he wanted to do it. And I remember picking him up and I was driving him back to the office and I was kind of joking with him. I said, you know, you're the hardest working guy in showbiz. You just, you know, keep on going. And he just said he really loved it. And he really liked having that tool. He goes, you know, I love doing the show. I can touch all these people and I don't have to travel. And and that's why it was so shocking when he passed, because we were just talking about what he wanted to do. Like he always had more plans. 
and he was planning another book and he wanted to do more online courses and he really wanted to get more involved in kind of the digital tentacles out there because he wanted to slow down and not have to travel. And that trip that he was going on to New Zealand and Australia, which ended up being the last live, you know, talks that he did, you know, he was kind of like, well, I'm going to do that, you know, and see those people and then I'm really going to slow down. So he, he was still planning and that's why it was so, so shocking when that happened. Yeah. Um, even that day. Had, even though he had been ill, it was still, nobody thought it was his time. Yep. I remember No, that. not at all. Yeah. It was surprising. So yeah, he's, I, I do think about him a lot and, and think about Louise and, you know, just kind of try to hold, hold on to those little lessons as I'm chugging along with, with my own project here. And you have your, your show on the the network. You are such a good yeah. interviewer. I remember you having me as a guest on your Hay House radio show many, many years ago. And I was just really conscious of how artfully you conducted that interview. You're super warm and clear and just such a great connector. And when I started my first radio show not long after that, I remember actually like trying to model myself after you. Oh, wow. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, it, it, whenever I would do the show on Hay House, I would always think, ah, no one's listening, you know, just a handful <laughs> of people, you know, and I would try to think, I would think that no one's listening, but then you never know who's listening online. And that was just so interesting doing online radio and then podcasting. And even like today, you never know who's going to, who's going to listen to your podcast. And then you'll, you'll look at stats and you'll see, oh, there's some people in this country and so it, it, it is, it's really, it's really amazing the reach that you have. And thank you for saying that um, about, uh, about interviews. I guess after like, cause I did, I did so many over the 11 years I was at Hay House, more so from when I was in rock radio, cause I never really did a lot of interviewing in that, in that world. It was just like, here's Led Zeppelin, you know, caller number 10, you get tickets to this, that kind of thing, which was fun, but I really enjoyed doing more of an interview format and talking to people and, and just having conversations. And so I always tried to have a conversation and, you know, sometimes they go well and sometimes they don't. And <laughs> even, even to this day, sometimes they're great. You know, sometimes they're not, not so great. And you, you always learn from it though. Even as many as you do, you still learn something. For sure. Has there ever been a moment during an interview when you've just been like powerfully moved or surprised by the guest response i mean like as hosts of the show we like to do a little planning feel like overall we know what to expect but i just with all the people that you've talked to i'm wondering if you've ever just been blown away in the moment like during an interview you know there is one that that comes to mind when i think about that and i i don't i, I don't know if i've told this story before i, I probably have <laughs> but because it I just always freaked me out it's a, a woman her name's karen noe and she's a, a medium uh adam new jersey and she's written a couple of books and so we were talking about her latest book and it was in the little break that we would have at the bottom of the hour and she out of the blue she goes do you have a light colored cat with blue eyes? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, is his name George? And I said, yes. And she goes, you know, George sees your mom when she comes and my mother has passed. And she goes, you know, whenever your mother comes to kind of visit or, or check things out, George will stare at her and he sees her and, you know, she's just kind of coming, coming around and just kind of check things out. And I was so blown away because first of all, how did she know about the cat, you know, how did she know his name was George? 
and then I went back and I was like, well, maybe she checked on my social media or something like that. But it would have had to be so premeditated, you know, for her to know that. And then for her to know that it was my mother. And so it just kind of shook me that I was shocked. And then we're doing this, we're doing the show. And then I had to go back into the break. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I was just kind of struck where the hairs were standing up on my arm. Because even just the night before, I was looking at my cat, George. And he was staring, like staring at the wall. You know, cats do that. Yeah. And I thought, what's he looking at? A bug? You know, so it was just funny that I had even taken note of that the night before. And then she mentioned it during the interview. So that gave me like, whoa, that, that gave me a chill. I got <laughs> chills as you were describing that. And I was going to ask, well, did you ever notice George doing that? But you had just noticed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That just the night before. Cool. So then after and she that, described him, you know, that she described yeah. George perfectly because he was beautiful, you know, kind of like a, not as big as a Maine Coon. He was kind of like a mix between a Siamese and just like a real fluffy cat. And he had these big, beautiful eyes and he was such a lover. And, and he, he passed over the pandemic. He was like 14 years old. Poor, I, I loved him so much. I love all my pets, but George was, was special. But it was just funny that he, she keyed in like right on his name, what he was doing. And, and that, you know, mom was visiting. So that, that kind of threw me. And there's been a couple of other people too, um, especially with mediums. And here's one I'll share because you probably know him too, John Holland. Oh, yeah. Who's a, a, a great medium and, and writer. And he's written a couple of books and um, he's still really very active. He was a guest on my show and he was doing a reading for a caller. And just the previous day, I had been visiting with this woman and she had a little picture of her son on her desk and he had passed in a motorcycle accident. I told her, why don't you call on my show tomorrow? My guest is John Holland. So anyway, she calls and the minute she connected with John, I really felt this weird kind of energy between John and the caller. And he go, and he just started naming all this stuff. Oh, his name is Luke or, or something, Larry. Like he was getting the name exact. And he goes, he died very suddenly. And he said, are you looking at his picture? You know, that little picture on your desk. And I was like, oh, how did he know that? Because I was just there the day before. And I even took note of the picture on her desk. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way he could have known about the picture on her desk. And the fact that he passed quickly and you know, his name was Luke. And so, yeah, there's been some, some things like that where you're like, I have no explanation at all. I'm just going to accept that this is a mystery and things these crazy things happen yeah so those are fun those are fun things after all the the top psychics and top mediums and people who have these abilities that you've talked to I'm I'm kind of surprised it even is still surprising but I know I still get a thrill every time there's just something so evidentiary like that that's that's so exciting yeah there's there is I mean I really believe there is an you know an energy and there's something maybe moving the pieces around a little bit and um, and, and I learned so many great lessons from unity too. I have to, to throw, I have to throw that in as well because their philosophy is just so welcoming and, and beautiful and inclusive. And uh, I really, I really enjoyed working with that organization and I, I learned a lot from them as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure like me, one of the reasons I just love having conversations around this kind of material is, is just you know, being in the company of other people who are as excited about it as I am. 
And one of my favorite things is seeing those interconnected themes that come up again and again, right? Talking about the universe moving the pieces around. It always gives me this moment of like, like, oh my gosh, I want to connect these dots because I don't think my guests for the most part are listening to other episodes, but so often they'll say some version of the exact same thing that the last few guests said. And I feel like that's the universe at work through the podcast, just giving the listeners that experience of, oh yeah, repetition is the universe's way of getting my attention. Maybe that crazy concept isn't so crazy because now it just came out of like three different mouths. Do you ever notice yeah. like, patterns like that on your show? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I love what, what you're doing too and just you know putting out so much great positivity and, and empowerment to people. And I do see those themes. And that's another thing Louise would say like, and whenever we would do the big I can do it events and she'd say, you know, a lot of us were all saying the same thing, you know, and it's just in a different way in whatever way will resonate with you. And it's, it's so amazing. Even with our podcasters that we're working with on mindbodyspirit.fm, my own sister who I, you know, she'll ask me for advice and we'll talk and I'll try and tell her something and she maybe not will not hear it from me. But she listened to something on one of our podcasts, this dynamic healing podcast, one of our doctors are talking about pain psychology and something he said, like struck a chord with her. She's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I said, I've been trying to tell you that for months. Why didn't you listen to me? But me saying it as her sister didn't sink in, but someone else, you know, so Louise was right. Like there could be a lot of people sharing a similar message, but it may not hit you until it's the right teacher, I guess. Like when the student is ready, the teacher appears, that kind of thing. I feel your pain. I, I never say this in my joy school, but all the time that happens in my Oasis group. Well, I've been like teaching something for months. And then one of the members of the group will say, you know, it just occurred to me. I think it's really about, and then all the others will go, oh yeah. I'm like, come on people. We've been talking about this, but it is so good to hear it from different mouths and different perspectives. And when it's these really, really important, like, truths, wisdom nuggets that are just like all over the place. You can't hear it enough because there's so much in the out there in our day-to-day -day existence that pulls our consciousness in the other direction that we need to keep having it. You know, we need to balance that with some repetition of the, the really more significant truths about how it be here and, and how to live our lives. So I love when the repetition happens. Right. And then maybe something you've been teaching to your your students and they're not they're not quite getting it and then someone else like you just said they'll it, it'll happen and then you'll see the light bulb go off and you know and then every everybody will finally get it and then you're like i've been trying to tell you guys <laughs> i don't I guess say people, that i just i just stay quiet and say oh yes good perspective <laughs> so you never say i've tried to tell you <laughs> you didn't hear me no i don't want to squash their enthusiasm for sharing their nuggets but um one one thing that this is reminding me of also i don't really work with writers anymore but i used to teach writers a lot and go, you know work at writers workshops and things and always this fear comes up in the self-dev industry like you know oh who am I to write this book I have this burning desire to write this book who am I to write this book there are already so many good books about it and what I always say to them is every one of us here all of these people who are so immersed in this material somewhere along the way 
we had no interest or knowledge of this and there was a teacher that hooked us with their energy. There was some teacher, one teacher for every one of us, whether it was the author of a book or some weird video we saw scrolling Facebook or whatever it was, there was an energy that resonated with our personal energy and that was the entry point. So the more entry points we can have out there, the better for the team. You just have to think of it as joining a team. You don't try to write a better book than Wayne Dyer, you just join the team that he's on you know, and then it's one more perspective that's going to be a resonant point for more learners, seekers, listeners. Right. I agree. And everybody's so different and has something different to share from their own experience and point of view that, all you know, all of those voices are, are, are so worthy and valid because they're all going to be a little bit different. And then, you know, like you're saying, something something will hit you when, when you're ready, like, just recently, um, well, through Unity, I became familiar with uh, Matthew Fox and, and his writings and essential spirituality, creation spirituality, and just some of the things that he was writing about, like, and I grew up, I grew up Catholic where there was a lot of original sin and, you know, things like that, where there's a lot of beautiful things in Catholicism. I'm certainly not, um, you know, disparaging that, but I just love when Matthew said, you know, we didn't come from original sin. We came from original blessing. And I'm like, oh, I love that so much. Like that, that just hit me at that right time. And I just started reading, you know, a bunch of his writings and, and material. And I just loved how he was able to kind of take, take the shame and the, I'm a, I'm a bad person and a sinner. And I need to turn my life over and I'm horrible too. That's not what the message was supposed to be, you know? So for his perspective, just really, really hit me in, in that way that, that you're describing. And yeah, people will continue to find those teachers and, and voices when they need them, I guess. Yeah, I love that turnaround. I feel like so many people need that turnaround. I don't know if Matthew Fox is one of the ones who talks about that the original Aramaic that the Bible was written in, the word sin just meant to miss the mark. It didn't mean what we've construed it to mean. And, you know, we all miss the mark and then we try again. And <laughs> right, right. That's just the human experience, right? Like how many mistakes, you know, I mean, we, that we make on a daily basis and then just trying to get ourselves back up and, you know, and I mean, like even this week, I was just feeling a lot of self-doubt around the beginning of the week. Maybe it was coming out of a big, that big fat full moon we had not too long ago and just feeling all of that energy. And, and then I had a friend call and go, you know, out of the blue, like, let's go to this comedy show in the middle of the week. I'm like, yeah, I really need to laugh. And, you know, just kind of shaking myself out of that. But I feel those things too, like I'm sure you do as well, you know, those feelings of self-doubt and I can't do this. I'm not throwing the towel. You know, this is dumb. I probably I probably shouldn't admit that to you because you're on my network, but I guess you, you understand. <laughs> no, I totally understand. <laughs> like someone Absolutely. running the network wants to throw in the towel that, you know, sometimes you just feel overwhelmed and and just collectively, like everything we've all been going through over the past few years yeah. has been so heavy. Our human parts are loud and they, they call our attention. In, in Joy School, one of the underlying foundational pieces in everything we do is just trying to recognize and connect ever more palpably with that divine essence that doesn't get that throw in the towel message, right? I, I like to use the terminology that I learned a long time ago from Eckhart Tolle. He taught that we have a horizontal self 
our human self and a vertical self. I don't think he's even used this lexicon at all in recent years, but I just always liked it because there's a clear correlative. There's like a corresponding counterpart. I've heard him say more recently, like the deep eye and lots of teachers use like higher self, soul, spirit self, but none of those have that direct correlative for what to call that other part. Like I think Carl Jung says conscious mind, some say ego, Michael Singer says psyche, but those terms all have other associations depending on where you first heard them. So we say vertical self and horizontal self. So, you know, I wonder if in all of the experiences that you've had, if you have any you know, special ways that you have found to lean into the vertical self when you're having those moments of like hearing that human voice in your head that you know is nonsense, but like how do you rest into your vertical self? Wow. Well, there's a couple of things. Um, I mean, like like on Monday, sometimes just having a good cry yeah. is, is fine. Allowing Let, the give, emotions. That's top of the yeah, list. Give yeah, give yourself that permission. And so I did. And, I'm, you know, maybe I boohooed for a couple of minutes. And I'm like, okay, well, I released that. You know, then just kind of kind of get on with it. But wa- I think walking really helps. Like just getting out, you know, getting out of your... Uh, little office area where you are uh, getting out on the water like I love the beach and um, so walking and that helps um, you know doing a little meditation even just for a couple of minutes Um, you know and I still love Louise's affirmations like I always I use her you know all is well everything's happening for my greater good you know out of this experience only good will come I am safe so I'll kind of say that over and over and sometimes I'll get you out of it or even just you know watching something dumb like Uh, a ridiculous cat video you know something to make you laugh that that always will will kind of jolt you out of it you know but sometimes I think you just have to feel it and and if you're if you're having a bad day recognize it and go okay um I'm not not feeling a hundred percent today it's all right and it'll pass it will it does it does for me usually sometimes it'll hang in there but generally it'll it'll pass I agree. I agree. It's hard. But my higher self sometimes, I don't, you remember the movie 2001 Space Odyssey? Barely, but yeah. Barely. Remember the computer, Hal? Yeah. It would say, Every, everything's okay, Dave, or I don't think you should do that. But it, that's kind of the voice in my head kind of sounds like that. It'll be very calming. Like, oh, that's going to be okay. <laughs> that's the only way I can kind of equate it is it, it, it'll be a voice that'll just say, you know, come on, just it's going to be okay. What's the worst that can happen? That you're, is, you know, you're overreacting. <laughs> that is so awesome. One, one of the uh, activities that we do in the uh, exercises in joy school is we do meditations and things to fall into the vertical self. And then I have them write down everything that they can about the, what, what authentically is true about your vertical self so that you can access it better. So I love that yours has the voice of Hal. Like that's what you would put yes. on here. It's like my vertical self sounds like Hal from Space Odyssey. <laughs> it's and, because it's very calming. It's just very, you know, almost kind of monotone, like no, you know, that's, it's not going to be that way. And then I also do a little bit of, um, you know, Byron Katie's the work, like, is this really true? Like, do you know, this is for hundred percent true. So sometimes I'll, I'll do that to myself too. Like, come on, is that really true? Or are you just assuming? Because we do that a lot. (laughs) Such powerful work, the the work, the Byron Katie work. Yeah, that's so good. 
So I'm, I'm just sort of listening to all the options that you gave because, as you know, every week I give my listeners a, something to go bring into their their week, and maybe something else will come up. But put a pin in that, listeners. We might go back to when you're in a high anxiety situation, when you're feeling stressed. Channel Hal, Channel Hal from Space Odyssey. <laughs> Let that voice be the voice of your your vertical self in that moment, letting you know that everything's really okay because it really is, and we know this deep down. Right. Or I like to imagine um, my my hairdresser does this. It's kind of funny. She likes to imagine like a whole group or chorus of angels, and I mean, and I love the angel imagery. And I, I have I have to say I I haven't seen one. I, I like to believe that they're there, you know, in, in some way. So sometimes I'll imagine like the the hand around your shoulder, you know, it's it's going to be okay, and kind of have that that imagery. Yeah, yeah, that is really sweet to imagine, and and it is our imagination, but that doesn't mean it's not real too. You know, I mean that this is this is the way that spirit talks to us. The imagination is just the telephone line. So. So it doesn't mean that you don't have an angel with an arm around your shoulder. It could that be. Moment, I mean, if that's what's coming you know, to you. so many people have told me that there is, you know, like look at how many people, is it so amazing to me how many people, if I think I looked up a stat, maybe 70% believe in angels. Really? That's a, that's a pretty high percentage of people. Yeah. Surprising. <laughs> Well, I think when you have this sort of spiritual exploration bent like we do and our listeners do, and you've had a background maybe in organized religion, an angel is something that already you have sort of like a, a, an association for as opposed to a spirit guide or you know spirit animal or whatever other types of, of shamanism uh, symbols there are. So maybe it's just that, that comfort and familiarity from childhood makes some people more inclined to see spirit that way. Or accept that's that. true yeah because coming coming from uh you know a, a christian based background then i did see more you know angel imagery than than animals and it's funny when i've talked to other people in the shamanistic or, or power animal kind of thing and i say about dreams of animals i've had it's alligators and then i've had other dreams about dolphins and then i've dreamed about past cats that I've had in the past, but I'm thinking, why would I dream about alligators? I, I don't particularly like them. I don't really feel like a connection to them, but those are the ones that seem to come up. And you've never looked up like in Stephen Farmer's books, or you can even just Google like symbolism of alligators. Yeah. Well, I did. I talked to one one woman, her name is Allison Charles, and, and she does a great podcast too. I think it's called Celebration Circle. And we did kind of a whole reading over over alligator because I described the the dream I had. I've had a couple about alligators. Maybe it's being from Florida, Florida girl that that might have something to do with it too, where I was in the water and an alligator was passed me and then kind of came back, saw me and then started following me. And this her thing was that imagine like you're laying on top of the alligator and it's supporting you. And she gave me this whole reading about it. It was just funny because I never really felt connected to that animal. So. I wasn't expecting her to say, lay on top of the alligator. What, what I've always heard about dream interpretation is that the first thing you're supposed to ask yourself is just let your mind go blank. And I'm an alien from Mars. I've never been on this planet before. What is an alligator? And you start listing your own personal associations to alligator. Like, oh, it's this scary prehistoric beast or it's this, you know, cartoon from Peter Pan. Whatever your personal associations are, that's supposed to be 
the what it's representing in your consciousness and your dream but then if you just don't have any associations then the next thing is to go to like a Stephen Farmer or one of these these uh, sites where it gives you symbols because that's what's in the collective consciousness that we might not even realize we're associating with it so yes I'm gonna ask Stephen about that because he, he and he does have a podcast on on our collective network yes he does and, and he's a wonder he's a wonderful teacher so I, then when I get a chance I'm gonna ask him what he what he thinks about about alligator because I, I love exploring the the shamanistic world and you know nature-based religions and I'm just interested in all of it like you are <laughs> yeah I really Isn't am it? I I just and I love putting all the little pieces together I have so many people you know friends of mine who are wonderful wizards of what they do who like chose a path and like took it to the the end and I just never felt like that was what excited me I love how everything converges I love finding those those conflation points where everything is is uh supporting everything else and, and bringing that all into like neat little packages so yeah. it is it's interesting and when you start looking at all of the different worlds or, or places of, of study where you could go you know like Look at all the beautiful things you can learn in Buddhism and, and oh, yeah. from a lot of their practices or um, shamanism or, you know, and anything really like there's there's something beautiful in, in all of it and, and something that we little pieces that that we could take, um, which is another thing that unity does, which is great. Well, they'll pull from all of the all of the different traditions and and you can learn from it. And and I'm still learning. You know, the, the more you the more I know I, I know nothing you know thank goodness like I, I realize there's there's so much more to learn that would be super boring if we were all done <laughs> that <would be> right <laughs> that's it I guess it's like you know Bill Murray says in Caddyshack you know when, when I'm on my deathbed I'll receive total consciousness I only remember that scene he said he was the caddy for the Dalai Lama and that was the advice the Dalai Lama gave him. You know, when you're on your deathbed, you'll receive total consciousness. So I guess that's when you know everything, right? When when you finally get to that point, then you're like, oh, okay, that all makes sense. I don't know. I guess never I guess pulled we'll out of Caddyshack. I didn't even realize that was in there. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, Lisa, I just remember so much ridiculous trivia, <laughs> dumb things. That's just how my brain works. I think it's from all those years in rock radio, like. When you're on the air, you'd have to find things to talk about, you know, so you pop culture or movies or weird things and you just remember stuff. That's what makes it so cool <laughs> that like we were talking about, everybody's going to have a different voice they bring to, you know, spreading this information, teaching this kind of thing. And for you to have all those little pop, pop culture references in your brain from being a rock DJ, that's just a great example of how like everybody's going to have a presentation channel that's going to be really resonant with certain people you know that's so yes cool. yeah i think ram das talks about that too you know changing the channel and how you'll you know tune it tune something to one thing and then you, you're not going to learn it until you tune tune it to another channel and i don't he has so many great talks mm -hmm. as well there, there's another um a podcast network out, uh, out there called be here now network and they have a lot of great uh you know, mindfulness teachers like Jack Cornfield and Sharon Salzberg and people mm. like that. And um, I just love Ram Das. And I got a chance to meet him through. Do you, do you remember Alan Cohen, right? Oh, I love Alan. Yes. He's amazing. And Alan, I met through Hay House and uh, Alan kind of orchestrated a meeting with, with Ram Das uh, for me and, and my husband back in 2013. 
the one time we went to Maui and we got to meet Ram Das, it was just it was so thrilling. See, that's I the was kind of thrilled. name dropping I was inviting you to do earlier. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that that was amazing because I didn't. My husband Barry is like, oh, we're not going to meet Ram Das, and and I said, nope, this is going to happen because I knew I knew Alan, you know, would be able to do it. And he did. We were able to hang out and I brought him pie. So Ram Das had some cherry pie. And then I said, Ram Das, can I just meditate with you for a few minutes? He's like, sure. And so we, we sat there for like 10 minutes and did a little meditation. And I remember sitting there and it was so quiet and I could hear his cat eating the food. He had a cat named Hahnemann and there was like a hummingbird outside and I, and I couldn't, I was more excited about the fact that I was meditating with Ram Das than actually meditating. Yeah. So in my head, I'm thinking, I'm meditating with Ram Das. This is so cool, you know. So funny, like I was having kind of this fangirl experience, and, and he was just so just so loving. And even though this was, I mean, he passed in what 2020 recently, like two years ago. So this was 2013. But he was in a wheelchair and older, and you know, he spoke really slowly, but just so much joy and he would just laugh and like he loved people like even he liked having just the company you know mm -hmm. and visit so we only stayed maybe an hour and I was so excited I'm like oh, I get to meditate with Ram Das. <laughs> Pie and meditation with Ram Das, one of the many options for your book title when you write your book you'll have lots right. of that can be you know so many title. people you mentioned writing a book like me and past Hay House employees have thought we should write a book because there's just so many great stories of people that have, you know, come through the halls and teachers. And I'm like, I don't know, we might get in trouble if we wrote a book, you know, <laughs> tell, tell, tell too many yeah, <laughs> tales behind the curtain. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's some, some fun stories. Do you have a memory of where or when this whole journey started for you, your spiritual lifelong passion? Ooh, I don't know. I guess I like I was always maybe if I thought way back far, like gr growing up as like the, the little Catholic girl, we went to St. Anthony's um, in Fort Lauderdale. And I just remember thinking like the nuns were magical. Like people tend to think of Catholicism and nuns are like beating you with rulers and stuff like that. And and they were never like that. Like there was Sister Dorothy, Sister Hyacinth, and they were just so loving and I thought they had magical powers. So when I was in second grade, I they had a, a exercise and they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? So I drew a nun. And I remember the teacher kind of looked at it and was like, what? Why is a second grader wanting to be a nun? And then I felt like disapproval. So I changed my mind and I made a ballerina and I go, oh, maybe I won't be a nun. I'll be a ballerina. And she goes, okay. But I just remember being interested in that. Like, I don't know. I love the stained glass and the candles and like all the imagery. So I think like kind of the, the mood magic. was maybe, yeah, maybe there. And, and I, and maybe I thought like sister Dorothy was magical. So that's probably the root, I guess, if I think about it. <laughs> we all have those little moments, right? Those little turning point moments. And I love how yeah. you said how, how wonderful and magical and you have nothing but fond memories of these sisters, but that one little comment, like it's crazy how. I know. I, I always still lives. remember that. Yeah. I don't know why she thought that, well, I mean, then later I thought, well, I certainly don't want to, there, there's no boys in the convent, so that's not going to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so things diverged around 12 or 13. You on your own at a certain point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the nunnery didn't seem like such a good idea at that point. And then, then I started 
you know, getting into music and, you know, then took that path. And so, yeah, the nunnery wouldn't have worked (laughs) (laughs) ultimately, but maybe that, I think that was the beginning. And then I was always interested. And then I was like, you know, the, the girl that had the tarot cards and like, you're at the slumber party and like, let's do the Ouija board. So there's, there was all those things too. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Out of the vast gamut of teachers that I I teach from, I've noticed a lot of them have that sort of defining moment of their spiritual awakening. We talked about Byron Katie. She's got that story with the cockroach and Michael Singer has that conversation with his brother-in-law where it just like opened up this whole new world. Do you have any like spiritually significant moments in your journey that that you feel like uh, just kind of turned the corner or, or opened up? I'm trying to trying to think if there's a, like a really good one. And maybe I'm still searching for that. You know, maybe I'm still looking. I don't no? think I don't think most people do. I like to ask that question just because it always makes for a good story if somebody did have yeah. that. But I think most of us are searching for that, and I think that enlightenment does come crumb by crumb for most of us, and never you know fully comes like we were saying, like that moment that you're on your deathbed. Maybe you you reach you know close to that fully enlightened <laughs> total consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it is breadcrumbs and, and I'm still on that, you know, I'm still looking and still on that path. And, and it's funny because my husband's totally different as kind of just an avowed atheist. And, and whenever we get in these conversations and he'll think I'm crazy and I'm, I'm like, no, I, I can't give up on, on the idea of, of that magic and, and, and love. And, and that I do think that our, we're more than just these bodies and that, they, you know, they go on and although he, he says that's the end and enjoy life now. And I can, I can see the benefit of that philosophy too. Right. But I, I still think that there's more, there's more. Yeah. I really <laughs> Maybe I'll find out what it is. I don't know. I mean, we create reality with our thoughts, right? With our thoughts and beliefs, we're creating every moment of our earth experience here. So what's to say that doesn't continue and and we're just going to continue creating whatever experience we're going to have next and why not create the experience that brings you the most joy maybe for you and for me as well that is believing in something really amazing and and higher powered and mysterious and it should be mysterious i don't think anybody should claim to have the ultimate answers because none of us do and maybe for your husband, it's a more joyful thought to say, no, I'm going to live life full out while I'm here. I'm going to kick up my heels and not worry about it. And and that's fair, too. You know, it's like, really, why not subscribe to the belief that brings you the most joy in the moment? Yes, I think that's that's great advice. Um, yeah, maybe maybe that will, you know, find out. I, I'll, I'll tell one one thing that did was kind of like a spiritual experience. So in. Uh, in Florida, I had a, a good friend. She's no longer working at this business, but she had a, a crematory. She was running a crematory business. And I was visiting her at the crematory. And so I went in the cooler and there were all these people stacked up. And 
I looked around the cooler and for some reason I, I felt like saying, I want you all to know all of your lives mattered. You mattered to somebody, whether you were a son, a daughter or whatever, your lives mattered. And I, I just kind of looked around at all of them. And, and people, when they're in those, this, this sounds morbid, but it really wasn't. When, when you're in those cardboard boxes, you, you really realize that it's just a shell it really is just a husk. It's a shell. It's not, it's not the essence. And that really has to go somewhere else that can't just ex extinguish and die, you know? Yeah. So I really felt like a weird moment when I was like, you know, in that looking around in there, I don't know. And pe people like freak out because we have such a weird relationship with, you know, death and dying in, in the West, right? In our culture, probably many people have not even seen anyone pass or been with someone when they died, or even seen, you know, a deceased person. It, it was just a, a weird, it was like, a, it was kind of as a cool experience. I don't know. I felt, I felt so much love for all those people that were in there. And there, and there was a good amount of like, you know, 20, 20 or 30 in there, in the cooler at one time. <laughs> it's not a weird story. People are going to think that Diane Ray, what a weirdo. <laughs> no, I 100% believe that that was you having a felt shared experience energetically with those souls and that somebody needed you to, to say that. I don't know if you said it out loud or said it in your mind, but one of them, at least, and maybe many, needed you to give that message. And I feel that you were tapped to, to deliver that message. That's really, really beautiful. Nothing weird about that at all. Maybe that was why. I did. I said it out loud. I'm like, I just want you to know. And then I... I wanted to see what my what my friend did and so I actually helped her with a cremation and it's not like you don't watch the actual the people are in boxes like you don't see anything but when I put that person in his name was Albert I won't say his last name but I just said Albert you're you're on like I said a little prayer for him I, like you're you're in a better place happy trails you know whatever you you, you touch people when you were here and you know godspeed and so I, I like I love ritual. Maybe that's the, the Catholicism too. Like I love doing little rituals like that. So I did. I helped him along the way, and and that maybe, is maybe he knew. I don't know. I think he knew, and that's just indicative of what you carry within you. That that's what naturally comes out in the presence of other living humans. I'm sure, and in the presence of of souls, we we go through in Joy School the the signs that we're elevating in consciousness, and one of them is that recognition that every person that we encounter is a full and complete individual with a past and a future and the ability to have moods and feelings and and so many times in our lower consciousness lives or just people who you know aren't at that point don't really routinely see other beings as a full conscious person as a full as a whole we see them as decorations to our experience or obstacles in our way or rivals and and i think that that's just showing what's in your cup what you carry in your cup that you would send albert off with that message that that you are just a, a being evolved to the point where you want that that comfort and love for every being that you encounter i i i mean i do i i know i it's a struggle sometimes <laughs> you know to feel that way about i mean you'd be lying to say you feel that way about everybody all the time. Right. You know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. But, it, but yeah, just trying to remember everybody's in there doing their own little thing and their human experience. And some people are doing the best they can with whatever they have, what they were taught, all those things. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're just humans. <laughs> we're all working with a different. What do we know? Yep. <laughs> exactly. How do you decide on the guests for your show? Talk about your show. Let, let them oh, know okay. about Be Present. Well, I mean, a lot of, so what's fun about the show I'm doing now for MindBodySpirit.fm, where before, you know, I was doing the show for Unity, so I was being a little more careful in some of the guests that I had. And the same for Hay, where when I was at Hay House, I was just mostly talking with Hay House authors. So there was a different agenda. And really with this show, I'm just kind of talking to people that I find are interesting, you know, and if, and I think, I mean, of course, within the wheelhouse that we're in, but like I did an interview with, with my sister and a friend of hers and their teachers in Florida, and I wanted them to share really what was going on in the classroom, how they feel like, because mm -hmm. she shares all these great emotional stories with me of, you know, interactions with kids and parents. So I did an interview with her. Um, I just did an interview with this woman who's a wonderful poet. And I thought, how do you become a poet? Like, what do you, you know, how does that work? How do you decide, you know, where does that come from? And she really is tapping into something, you know, really holy for her to, to put out these beautiful words. So now I'm just kind of looking for stories that I think are interesting to share. And I'm kind of like, I'm not tied to how many downloads. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if I had a million downloads like Joe Rogan or Mark Marin. If, if anybody hears it and they're touched, or they seek out that person's material and they like it, then that then that's fine. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, it, it but comes... that's kind of how I do it. Like, if I'm interested and I think they have a good story and maybe could benefit, come that, on. That magnet thing, right? But whoever you're yes. interested in, that's you know the people who are magnetically attracted to your show are going to be interested in the people that you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. You know, people that are seekers that are interested in those kind of things and, and love the arts and, and the spirituality and, you know, all kooky stuff too, like ghosts and paranormal and metaphysical and all those things. Yeah. I had a publicist ask me a few months ago, what's the criteria for being a guest on your show? Like, I can't tell. And I'm like, well, that's a totally fair question, but I don't have a great answer because to me, it's such an energetic equation, right? I've had some well-known established guests and guests nobody's ever heard of, and I can't say either category produces a better show. It's just about the energy that the guest brings to the audience. I always want to make sure it's someone who's going to contribute to the vibration elevation of the listeners since that's what they seem to, to come for, whether through insights and practices they offer or just through the beaming of their gorgeous infectious light yes exactly and your show do joy you know so things that are going to bring joy to people maybe something a tidbit that they can take away maybe it was something they needed to hear because mm -hmm. you know and even kind of circling back to what we were talking about earlier of of different messages and how people receive them um yeah maybe someone will hear something in this talk and go oh i'm curious of what ram das has to say or or someone else or Matthew Fox or, or anything like that. So yeah, get the tentacles out, right. And see how many yeah. people can be touched. Absolutely. We always say pay attention to what grabs your attention. Those are our universe nudges right there. And a lot of times we just kind of shut them down if they don't logically fit in our boxes for that day or that moment. That's I, so true. I think we miss a lot. Yeah. I did an LGBTQ episode, as you know, for Pride Month, where I talked to several different guests, which was a departure from my usual one guest. And there was one potential interviewee for that episode who is quite famous and well known for his activism. And 
when I felt into it, I just didn't feel like his energy was in keeping with the rest of the episode or even in keeping with the tone of the podcast in general. So it was like kind of weird because he was like a big deal, but I didn't didn't include him. I'm not going to say who it was. But to me, the most important thing is always that that they're centered in the frequency of love and generosity of spirit, because that's what's going to bring the light. And that's what you know, that's what the tone of your whole network is, which I love so much. That was kind of your original vision, I assume. It is. Yeah. And that's what we're continuing to find. And and that's where, like Louise was saying, you know, if you're on the right path, people will come to you and they have like the people that, you know, we, we just brought on um, a new woman uh, that's talking about, you know, astrology and numerology, and she's a great teacher. And then we have um, another um, more LGBTQ show, but they're coming from, uh, you know, some of their spiritual experiences. And, and I just love their energy. Um, these two girls, their names are Sienna and Toast. And they're just so cute and adorable. And, and they're, I mean, they're, you'll fall in love with them. Their energy is so great. And they're both musicians. And so, yeah, like, you know, when, when we're looking for people, because we really try to pick and choose who we want on the network. And, and Tina Williamson, my business partner, is, is fantastic. And we had an experience just recently where we were talking to a doctor who had a, a popular health show and he was just, and I won't say his name either, because <laughs> we found out he was just more into like the conspiracy theories and putting out more fear-based stuff. And we're like, we, we said, no, we told him, we don't think you're a fit, sorry. And he didn't like it. I mean, he didn't like that characterization, but yeah, if they're not going to bring something to the table or they're going to sh- not share something useful, uh, then no, we don't we don't want you to share that here. <laughs> I don't want to be part of media that brings vibes down. There's enough of that. There's enough of yeah, that out there in the world. We need to be the media that brings vibes up. <laughs> exactly. And then that's where I want to bring, you know, different teachers. I mean, I'm, I'm on the hunt. So if there's people that you come across that Good you think would know. be great to join us, you know, For let's sure. talk. I love that. Well, I could talk to you for hours more, but, you know, my network producers say that it should be under an hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm happy to come back anytime and, and share any other good stories. And I, I, I so that. appreciate you and, and the fact, you know, you believed in me and, and we're building this cool thing together. And, and we've got some great things coming up over the next couple of months that I'll be sharing really soon. And um, I'm really excited. Me too. That is awesome. But wait, before you go, we have to fine tune the home play. It usually just comes up kind of organically, but I feel like you had so many good ideas in there. I, I like Hal. Let's let's go with Hal. Let's say decide if you don't want it to be Hal, feel around, feel into the voice of your vertical self and and hear that voice. Just get into the practice of listening to that voice in your head when you need to align that way more with your vertical self when something has caught you in the out there and you're all caught up in your horizontal self. That's the I like play. that. <laughs> I like that. Tune in. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much for spending this time with me. I loved every second and um, have a great week. Listeners, continue to enjoy your beautiful summertime. I love you and I'll be with you next time. Bye. Thank you, Lisa. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full-on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. 
And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.